Hey, thanks so much for joining us for another episode of the Tree of Life Church podcast. It's our prayer that these messages help connect you to the life, love, and power of Jesus. Amen. Are you ready for the word? Where you're like, yeah, if you just quit talking with all these announcements, we... All right, I hear you, but a lot of great stuff is going on. You can always go online and find everything on the website or through the app, and you can keep up and know how you can be blessed and be a blessing. But turn to Ephesians 6. We're wrapping up the series. I can confidently say that because I won't be here next week. <laughs> and, uh, but I've loved every bit of it. In fact, the interesting thing about the Word of God, the more you're in it, the more you want to be in it. It's alive, the Scripture says. And when you're reading it, you can read the same thing over and over again. And I've been in this passage of Scripture many, many times, but it's come alive in me like, like no other time. And, and part of that's like the, the Holy Spirit will highlight for you what you need in the, in the day that you're in. And so that's why it's important to be in the Word, right? And so every time I'm, I'm studying for this message or message in the series, it's like just more and more stuff comes. I was telling some of the team, I'm like going to have to do another series another time about it because so many other notes and things I've been marking down. And some of it I know is to share with everybody, and some of it's probably just for me. And I know that there's other things that in this rich passage of Scripture that, that God has been speaking, conveying to me, and I want to share some of that with you as he directs me today. Um, I want to encourage you also to read not just Ephesians chapter 6, but Ephesians chapters 1 through 5 and 6. Read the whole book. Uh, 1 through 5, we talked about. I don't review a whole lot, but the Apostle Paul's writing a letter to the church in Ephesus, to the Ephesian church. He's writing to believers. They're going through a really difficult time. In fact, they're struggling because they're being so heavily persecuted in this day. And in fact, it's hard for them to find jobs because no one will, no one will hire the Christians. And if they, if they owned a shop or they provided a service, no one would use them or hire them. And so they're struggling and they're being persecuted because of their belief system and perhaps a little bit like today. So Paul spends five chapters encouraging them and who they are. He's like, hey, you need to know this. And I want to say, you need to know that, chapters one through five. Let him build your faith up as you read that word. Let it get down in your spirit, man, and just encourage you. And then he wraps it up with chapter six, and he says, hey, all that, one through five, chapters one through five, is amazing, but understand, you're still in a fight. You're still in a battle. It's not just smooth sailing, but know that you win because Jesus won. And in the battle that you face, that God has provided everything you need to stand your ground. I don't want to say everything you need to overcome because we've already overcome because he's overcome. Amen? But so we'll be able to stand our ground in the evil day. So, all right, let's get going. Let me read it, Ephesians 6, 10 through 18 for you. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power because your power is not enough. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes, the devil's plans, the devil's strategies against you because he has been watching your highlight reel your whole life and he knows your weaknesses. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms. Say heavenly realms for me. That's where the battle is. There's so much happening in the heavenly realm. It's not against flesh and blood. It's not against people. It's not those sitting around you. Some of you are saying, I told you, it's not me, right? However, some of us are conduits for it. No, I'm just kidding. The enemy just works and finds ways, but we have to understand where the root comes because we need to address the roots and not the fruit. And so the battle is a spiritual battle. And so those things and people and circumstances come uh, as a result of what's happening spiritually, and we are learning how to deal with it at the roots. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so when the day of evil comes, we are in last days. There is evil in last days. There is evil in every day. 
and when your evil day, your evil day, when hell lands on your front door and starts a knocking, you need to know what to do. Your evil day might be different than my evil day. We may have the same days being evil. It might be a different attack. So understand, this is not just some general blanket statement because then if you think in general blanket terms, you won't address what you need to address. And so, but when your evil day comes, hell lands on your front door, starts a knocking, then you need to know this, how to put on the armor. So when that day comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand, stand the ground, stand your spiritual ground, stand your spiritual ground. Jesus won the spiritual ground for you through the cross and through the resurrection. And he's positioned you there. So don't give up your spiritual ground. That's already been won in victory. Amen. So stand firm then and stand with the belt of truth because you need to be surrounded in truth, God-based knowledge, buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place because if you know the truth, you can make right choices and right decisions and that protects your heart. So the breastplate of righteousness and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace, the gospel of peace, the good news from what Jesus did in his crucifixion and resurrection. And when you have the truth, God-based knowledge, and you make decisions based on the truth, right choices, right decisions, then you can stand and have peace that passes understanding even when what you're facing doesn't make sense. There's no reason why I should have peace right now, but I chose to take God-based knowledge, apply it to my life, making right choices, right decisions, and now I find myself in a peace that doesn't make any sense to have peace right now. In addition to all this, so take all those things that you're always supposed to be clothed in. The first three things we just said, always be clothed in the truth or God-based knowledge. Always be clothed in righteousness, making right decisions, right choices based on that. And then always be clothed clothed in the peace of God, the peace that passes understanding. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith because this kind of ties it all together. Take up the shield of faith when positioned right, it protects you, it covers you. Meaning when you attach what you believe to truth or God-based knowledge, you'll make God-based decisions and you'll find God-based peace and it will surround you like a shield. It will extinguish all the fiery darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation that you put on and, and covers your head, your thoughts, your mind. It, come, it, it helps you to stand against the strongholds the enemy tries to bring against your thoughts. Helps you take captive every thought that comes against the knowledge of God. And then, and then pick up the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Get in the word of God. So when that enemy gets in close, then now you're hitting them with revelation knowledge from the word of God. Amen. You're hitting them with the truth of God's word that now has become a revelation to you, okay? And here's where we're going today. And pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert always. Keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray in the spirit. Let me stop right here for a second and say, we believe in praying in the spirit. We believe in the heavenly language, however you want to say it. Praying the Spirit, praying the Holy Ghost, praying in tongues. Yes, we are those kind of church, that, that kind of church. And before anybody gets up and leaves, man, I was really liking this church right now until then, right? It's a beautiful thing, but you need to know the truth about it, right? That's for another time. But it's not speaking about your heavenly language right here. I believe it's speaking about a mindset, a spirit first, a positioning an environment, if you will, praying from. And I'll explain that as we go along. But I wanted to make that uh, determination as we get started that we do believe in praying in the spirit. But what it's talking about here is praying being spiritually minded from a spiritual position. 
And so I'll explain that as we go along. So I just wanted you to know that right away as we come out the gate. So uh, this is a, a warfare that Paul's talking about here. We're in a battle. We are who we are and all the amazing things God has done. But you still have to stand your ground. Uh, and we need to know this, that you can't fix what is happening naturally until you address where it originated from, spiritually. This is, okay, let me say it this way. So there's times when we get sick, right? And you wanna go and get something, I'm gonna stop feeling good, I'm, I don't know, I got maybe a little fever, I got a cough or something like this, and you go to Walmart or you go to wherever you're, CVS or Walgreens, and you go and you look over the counter and you're thinking, yeah, I got these symptoms, I wanna get this, I wanna get this. But there's times that you gotta get a doctor that knows what he's talking about to deal with the root of the problem. Are you with me? So you need to know somebody that knows where the root, where it's coming from, because you can take stuff to combat your symptoms all day long, and it may help, and it may not, and the symptoms may come back later, and this and that, because you didn't deal with the root. Are you with me today? So it's the same thing, and it just makes sense, because you have to deal with the root. Otherwise, you're just putting Band-Aids on it. You're just trying to cover it a little bit. You're trying to manage the chaos until you seemingly feel better, but then it can come back. That's why it's important for you and I to understand that whatever we're dealing with has spiritual roots to it before it's manifested in the natural in our life. Therefore, we don't just treat the natural symptoms. We have to go back to the root, spiritual root, where it came from and deal with it right there. And God has positioned us and equipped us, come on somebody, to be able to deal with the root. In other words, these natural means or natural equipping or natural weapons, if you will, are not going to be effective dealing with the spiritual root. The problem is we keep taking over-the-counter stuff to deal with what we need to understand is the root of the problem. We deal with our feelings and not the root. So that's what we're trying to get across, and that's, I believe, what Paul is saying in this passage of Scripture. Let's get to the root of it. John 10.10 10 says the devil comes to steal and kill and destroy. I don't know if you've ever had him show up on your doorstep and trying to rob your house. Look at my ring doorbell. He just ran out. Of, he was in a red suit with a pitchfork running out with my TV, right, or whatever. He tries to deal with everything, steal, kill, and destroy spiritually. Everything you have and everything you are, he attacks you spiritually, right? Then it goes on to say, John 10.10, 10, the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus comes to give life and that life more abundantly spiritually. Like, like there's a life that you can live and then there's an abundant life found in the work of the cross and resurrection. Come on, somebody. He made, you, he made it so you can not just live life, but live it abundantly, victoriously, spiritually. Are you with me? So even just the scripture that we understand, it has spiritual meaning and spiritual root there. So we have to understand that. So most of our attempts are to fix this world through using things of this world but our battle originates, according to Ephesians 6, uh, 10 through 18, originates in heavenly places or heavenly realms. Uh, okay, Ephesians 1, 3. Take a look here. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has, listen to the term, the wording, who has blessed us in where? Blessed us in, he's blessed us in heavenly, heavenly realms with every, say every, every spiritual blessing. What did he leave out? Nothing. Well, what about this? It's every. Well, what about that? It's every. Well, I need that. I'm facing this. I got diagnosed. Every, every, every. Every means every. <laughs> Where? In heavenly realms. Come on. Your blessing that covers everything you ever need or will ever need in your life 
is deposited, come on, in a heavenly realm. You need to understand that because this isn't just for your battle, it's for your blessing. You need to understand how to operate spiritually, if you will, because your blessing, obviously, according to the scripture, is in heavenly realms. Every spiritual blessing was provided by the work of the cross and the resurrection of Jesus. And it's been deposited in your account in the heavenly realm. Okay, let's take a look at Ephesians 1.20. Uh, this is talking about God raising Jesus from the dead. So he exerted, power he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the what? So Jesus was resurrected and then God seated him at his right hand. Right hand signifies a position of power and authority. So Jesus was seated in power and authority at the right hand of God, where? So my blessing is where? Jesus is where? All right, let's go on one more. Uh, let's move it to the next one. Ephesians 2, 6, there we go. And God raised us, us up with Christ, meaning born again, saved, right? He raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the, where? In Christ Jesus. So because of what Jesus did on the cross and resurrection, we now are seated in Christ, which is at the right hand of God, a position of power and authority in heavenly realms. So let me get, let me get this straight then. So my blessings are where? Jesus is where? I am where? No, I'm right here. <laughs> yes and no. I'm right here in the natural, but I'm also positioned right there spiritually. I'm positioned right there spiritually. Now, I know what you're thinking right now. You're thinking, wow, over Thanksgiving break, he must have just binged all the Matrix movies, right? <laughs> Follow the white rabbit. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I am seated at the right hand of the Father in power and authority. Spiritually. That's where my blessings have been deposited. Every spiritual blessing has already been deposited. That's where Jesus is at the right hand of the Father, and I'm seated with him in power and authority at the right hand of the Father. Oh, I'm here walking out in this natural realm, but there's another realm that I can operate from because this isn't enough. I need this. And that's what Paul's trying to get, a, get across to us. And so we need, we need to understand this because it's important to know where we're operating from. So your blessings are in heavenly places. Jesus is in heavenly places. You're seated in heavenly places at the right hand of the Father. And so let's understand that. Uh, John 3, verses 3 through 6. I got a lot of scripture because you need to have his word or his truth, not mine. And so it's all in your live notes. This is definitely a live note day. John 3, 3 through 7. Jesus answered and said unto him, and this is a discussion. Jesus is having a discussion with a religious leader. His name was Nicodemus. And they're talking about being born again. What does that mean? And so a great question, by the way. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. You cannot see the unseen because of your natural man, okay? Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's wombs and be, womb and be born? Jesus answered and said, verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the what? Spirit, spirit capital S by God, born of the spirit, the spirit of God in the image, recreated in the image of God spiritually. He cannot enter into the kingdom of God unless you're saved born again, you cannot enter into the kingdom of God and you cannot walk in the things of the kingdom of God on the earth while you're here. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. 
that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, you must be born again. So Jesus is like, doesn't that just make sense? He's like, the flesh is the flesh and you don't understand the spirit or the things of God. How can the flesh understand or operate in the things of God? That's why you must be born again because your spirit man now is recreated in the image of God and now God has something for you to have access to or by which you can operate in beyond the flesh. Jesus is like, it just makes sense. Don't marvel at this. It's not great, some great revelation. It just makes sense. There's a spiritual side to us. Now we have to, that just makes sense because God is bigger than our natural. He is supernatural. He's, and if he's, if he's the size of your natural, then he's not God. <laughs> he's bigger than what you can comprehend. He is God. He is spirit. And we have to understand that. Uh, 1 Corinthians 2, uh, 14 through 15. The person without the spirit, capital S, God, spirit, does not accept the things that come from the spirit of God but considers him foolishness. This doesn't make sense to you. What, what, this doesn't make sense to you if you're not born again or saved. And I get that. That's why you need Jesus. The, the frustration is, is when it doesn't make sense to somebody who is born again. Yeah? So I can understand people that aren't, that don't have a recreated spirit to connect with God, not really understanding this. But my problem is, why are we living as Christians with not understanding who we are spiritually? Because that's where the battle is. That's where the blessing is. That's where the power and authority is. <clears throat> so we got to learn this. We got to understand this and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the spirit. The person with the spirit makes judgments about all things, but such a person is not subject to merely human judgments. You're not subject just to the earthly mindset or world you can operate in a greater realm, yes. a greater environment, however you want to say that, a greater spirit. And I'm trying to not make it weird or whatever. And let me just say this. If this is like, nah, I'm just not buying into that. It's true whether you believe it or not. Why? Because everything I've showed you is in the word of God. And that's true. So don't take my word, take his word for it. Uh, we can't be led by our senses. We can't live out of our senses and make decisions out of our senses. We start there because we're human. We start with our senses, but we can't stay there. We have to then learn how then to move over into our spirit, man. John 4, 23 through 24. Yet a time is coming and now has come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in the spirit and in what? For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is what? God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship him in spirit and in truth. In spirit and in truth. So we talked about last week, it's not a faith problem, it's a truth problem. Because your, your faith has to be attached to truth. If your faith is not attached to truth, it's not really faith. It's just wishful thinking. And then it's run by feelings and emotions based on circumstances. But that's why we have to worship him in spirit, out of our position and authority, out of who we've been recreated and access to everything he's provided by grace, deposited our account. We worship him from that position and in truth where we attach everything to the truth of God's word. It's like that's how we operate. That's how we live. That's how we are to be. That's what he expresses to us. Your blessings are in heavenly places. Jesus is in heavenly places at the right hand of the Father. You're seated in heavenly places your battle, we've already learned, we've already read, and Ephesians 6, 12 is in heavenly places, and God is in heavenly places. Can I say, there's a lot going on in heavenly places. Yeah. 
and we're focused on this, which I get because we have to wrestle with our humanity on our feelings and emotions, and that's exactly what the devil wants us to do. So he makes this so real so we don't even believe or worry about that. Because if he knows if we go from here to here, he's done. Because everything's already been won and done, and spiritual, every spiritual blessing has already been won by Jesus. His hope is that you don't believe that, and that you certainly don't operate there. You operate here. So he wants you to see him as the guy in a red suit with a, with a tail and a pitchfork. He wants you to believe that, that that's what's true, and that's like, ah, come on. And that's why this is, sometimes can be a, a difficult message because the enemy is going to be messing with you on it. But I'm going to tell you this, that you shall know the truth, God-based knowledge, and the truth, what you know and the truth or God-based knowledge, you can walk in the freedom of, no matter what he attempts. But if he can keep you over here and not over there, he's, he's, he's holding you back from fulfilling what, anything God has for you. So we have, to, we have to know that. There's a lot going on in the spiritual realm, but we've spend so much time in this realm. And what I mean by spending time here is what we're going to talk about today as, we get, as, I, as I need to get there in just a minute. Uh, so, all right. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5. But we live in this realm in a sense, feeling, emotion kind of thing. Verse 3, 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not weapons of this world. Because weapons of this world don't work in the spiritual aspect. On the contrary, they have divine, say divine. Divine Divine power, power greater than our own. Power, God's power uh, to demolish. I love the word demolish, not just kind of take care of, not just kind of put down, but demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. The devil doesn't want you to know. And we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. Make it obedient to Christ. Every thought we filter through the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus. Making it obedient to Christ. Does that line up with what Jesus did for me? Does that line up with what he paid for on the cross and resurrection power? Does that line up with him being positioned at the right hand of the Does that line up? with the work that Jesus did. So that's how you filter it, right? And that's a spiritual thing. You filter it through the work Jesus did on the cross and the resurrection and where he is currently seated and you're seated with him. Does that line up with where I'm seated in Christ? Does that thought that the enemy just planted in my mind because of a circumstance or something somebody said line up with where I am seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus? So you see how this works? You got to see how this works because unless you don't know how it works, you can't apply it. And so we take thoughts every captive. We started, we, we, so that the physical can't fix the physical if the problem started in the spiritual. And so we spend all our time, money, and strength, and mind, and relationships to help us do better in the physical when that's not where the problem originated. And so you have to start with the spiritual if you want to fix the problem when it began in the spiritual because the weapons of this world that scripture will not fix the spiritual. But the weapons that God gives us spiritually will fix the physical. It'll bring what's unseen into seen. And I said this, I talked about the shield of faith last week, and you can go back and listen to it. I don't have time to go over it much. But we talked about faith. Faith is not faith until it's attached to the truth or God-based knowledge. And then you act upon it, right? Then you make right choices, right decisions. So 
Faith is not for you to get God to do something. Faith is for you to access what God's already done. It's been deposited. We just talked about that. Every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. You see how it all works together, right? Okay, so we have to understand that. He wants, the enemy wants you to filter everything through your senses and feelings and emotions. Um, and we start there. And, and it's okay. We start there, but we can't stay there. And if you can't get beyond that place, get around somebody that can help you. Because sometimes we're so overwhelmed with feeling and emotion. That's why small groups are important. That's why belonging to a church family is important. That's why, not, that's why you got to have godly friends. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so they can help you what? Not tell you that you don't have enough faith. Not tell you that you have to believe more, pray more. So they can tell you who you are according to what Jesus did. Right? Filter everything for the work of the cross and the resurrection of Jesus, and that you are seated at the right hand of the Father in Christ Jesus with his power and authority in heavenly places. So we need that. We all need that. We have to get to the root of the problem, the origin of the problem. And, and uh, one of my favorite preachers said this, if all you see is what you see, then you do not see all there is to be seen. I'll read it again. So, some of you will write this down. <laughs> If all you see is what you see, then you do not see all there is to be seen. And so if you don't address the cause, you can't come up with the cure. And Paul says that we're in a battle. And the enemy wants to rob you of all that God has stored up for you, put on deposit for you in the spiritual realm. And people are real, flesh and blood, they're real, but it's just not the root. And so verse 10, we don't need to go there. Ephesians 6.10 says, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power because your strength is not enough. It doesn't work. Your power, your strength does not work in that realm. Verse 14 said, stand firm, stand your ground. Stand firm, your spiritual ground, stand firm. God's given us the armor, but he doesn't put it on us. <laughs> you gotta put it on. I provided everything. God, would you do this? I, I provided it for you. I was thinking about this, you know, we have a, a, almost a one-and-a-half-year-old, one-and-four-month-old grandson, and I like to pick out some of his shirts, like I picked out a Longhorn jersey for him for the game the other day, very important, and uh, even though his dad is a, a Red Raider, he didn't like that, but it's okay, and he was in my house, and, uh, but do you remember when your kids are little and you help them get dressed? Can I just say this, parents and grandparents, keep getting your kids all dressed up spiritually. Don't stop. I mean, there's something to be said when they're old enough, they have to live for God for themselves. But I, I just, get your kids in places and children's church and youth ministry and all that where they, where they can understand the spiritual part of who they are. Because the, you, you know the world's trying to address the spiritual part of who they are. Because the spirit realm is real. And again, I said this already, and just because you do not believe it, may not believe it, doesn't not make it. So uh, let, me, let me say that. So there's, just look at the movie list. They're all evil. Like, people love to go sit and... It's, it's amazing where you sit, and we've all done that, or where you've watched something, and it's, a, it's like this evil movie or scary movie or what. You know it's not real. You know that the Walking Dead zombies are not real, right? right? Some of us were a little worried when the pandemic hit, but it's okay, right? It's like, you, you know, but you're just, don't go in. No, don't go in there. Don't go in there. Are you serious? Like, they can hear you? They think that's real right then? Or you watch something and you want to go to bed at night and it's kind of messing with you a little bit, but you know it's not real. The enemy is a master at trying to deceive you on what's real and what's not real. And he plays on your emotion. All that is is your emotions got caught up 
being deceived by something, making your feelings and emotions think that's something real that's not. He's a deceiver. He's a master of doing that. That's why you got to go to the truth. Amen? And the truth is who you are in Christ. Spiritually, you got to learn how to operate. And i gotta, I got to get to that part here in just a second. Let me get there. Normal stuff doesn't work. Let me say it this way. Provision is God's responsibility, and he's done that. Faith is my responsibility, and it's accessing the spiritual so it comes into my natural world. So, verse 18. We need to go. Verse 18. Okay. Uh, and here, here, here I'm going to bring it all together in just these few minutes. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. Pray in the Spirit. We already talked about what we mean here. We're not talking about your heavenly language, although that is significant for every believer. We will teach on that. Pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers. Um, how you put on the armor, how you become equipped for the battle that you face is with prayer. It's with prayer. Prayer is relational communication with God. And a lot of people want to pray when they're in a spiritual battle or on the evil day when they've not prayed before that evil day. <laughs> right? And that's our human tendency, right? We want to pray on the evil day when we've not prayed before the evil day. Uh, they, they don't know how to stand strong in the Lord because they haven't been standing with the Lord. They don't mean that hard. Let's talk about reality so we can address it or adjust it, right? And now in the evil day, we need him. And Paul's talking about staying in touch with him all day. Praying in the spirit means here, I believe, come from your spiritual position, who you should, who you should be more than you are worldly. We're experts on the world. We're novices on the word. And what Paul is saying is when you pray, pray from your spiritual position, Pray from a spiritual mindset, who you are, and you're seated with Jesus in heavenly places at the right hand of the Father. Pray from who you are in Christ, based on the crucifixion and resurrection. Pray from there. But we, because we're human and our feelings and emotions are, are so intertwined in our, our everyday activity in life, we start praying in the natural. We start praying from the flesh. How many prayers do we pray that are more flesh than spirit? That's what he's talking about. How many times have we prayed a prayer that is full of or based on emotion and has no spiritual aspect to it? This is what he's talking about here. But if we're led and ruled by our emotion and we haven't figured out how to recognize that and move on into the spirit side, then we pray prayers. We're doing the right thing, but not the right way. But Paul's saying, do the right thing the right way and you will get results. But we pray from the flesh when we need position from the flesh instead of praying from a position of the spirit. Now, again, we start there because when the reality of what's happening around us hits, it gets our emotions and that's okay, like I said, but you can't stay here. You have to figure out how to get back over to the spiritual side. So Paul is saying, pray in the spirit. Pray, because the spirit delivers the mind of God to you. 1 Corinthians 2, 9 through 10 says this, however, as it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him. There are things God has prepared for you you cannot see, hear, or understand because they're only discovered in the spirit. We're not walking in some of the things God has for us because we're only walking in what we see, hear, or understand, and we have a very finite mind trying to understand an infinite God, and that we're trying to figure it out in the natural, when instead of going over here and getting what God wants to deliver us through our spirit that's connected to his spirit, now he has a vehicle or a way to get him into our lives. 
because our natural man cannot understand or handle God. If you think your natural man can understand and handle God, your God's too small. But mine is so big, I can't understand, and I need the Spirit of God in my life. Okay? All right, so those things are, uh, these things God has revealed to us by the Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. I hear this all the time. I want to go deeper in the things of God. Pastor, can you teach me deeper? I'm like, no, can you go there? How about being a self-feeder? All of us are going to die if we only eat one time a week. Right? I want to eat five times a day. This is the truth. You want to go deeper in the things of God? Get more in the spirit of God. He reveals. Because you know what? There are things when the evil day lands, when the devil lands on your front door and starts knocking, you need sometimes what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, what no mind can comprehend. You need that in your evil day. That's only going to be found over here in the spirit. And when you pray, it connects you to God and helps get you the mind of God. That's what it does. Helps get you the mind of God. You need something more than the natural. He said, pray in the spirit. He uses the phrase in the spirit. He wants you to be in the spirit. He does not want you to be visiting and exiting. He wants you to find a way and a time to be more aware or spiritually minded than naturally minded. He wants you to be operating in the realm of the spirit. What is the realm of the spirit? It's the spiritual mindset. Don't have time to read this for you. It's, uh, you can write this down. This is not in your live notes either, but Romans 8, verses 1 through 13, he writes about having the mind of the Spirit. But let me read Romans 8, 5 through 6, right in the middle of that passage. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires, but those who live in accordance with, their, with, their, with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind is governed by the flesh, that governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. We have to pray to get a spiritual mindset. Your mind is your thoughts. He wants you to think spiritually, not secularly. He wants you to think biblically, not worldly. He wants you to think biblically, not politically. He wants you to speak, think spiritually, not culturally. He wants you to think mind of Christ, not mind of man. Galatians 5, 16 through 17, in your live notes, says this. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you'll not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so you not do have to do whatever, you not do whatever you want. Walk in the spirit. Ha have a spiritual mindset. Right? Like here every day, every day. The Bible says, pray without ceasing. What does that mean? Be aware of who you are in Christ as you go throughout your day. It's not talking about constantly having prayer come out of your mouth, right? You understand that. It's have your mindset on who you are in Jesus. What Jesus has done through the cross and the resurrection, where you're seated. And he's provided every spiritual blessing, everything you need. Be more aware of that instead of what the struggles happen. And when we find ourselves in the midst of when the evil day comes and they've landed on our front door, then find a way to get back over to that place or find someone that can help you because you're overwhelmed with emotion and feeling and we understand that but we can't stay there. But you know what you do in that moment? You pray. You pray and have communion or conversation, connection with God. Walk in the Spirit. 
He doesn't say, hey, walk in the spirit and you won't fulfill the desire of the flesh. Now listen, he doesn't say you won't have the desire. He says you won't walk in it because the flesh wants what it wants. And I want you to hear me on this. We get ready to close. Many Christians are praying, but they're doing it in the flesh. It's the wrong environment. It's the wrong motive. They're doing it in the wrong environment. If you're doing it in the wrong environment, the right thing won't work. So he says, pray in the spirit. Come from the spiritual environment. Come from a spiritual mindset. Prayer is a lifestyle. Walk in the spirit. Be spiritually minded as a lifestyle. Don't treat it like church where we just come and visit. And I'm not knocking that. If anything else, my goodness, do it six days of the week, right? Do it the other six days of the week. And then come enjoy a spiritual encounter with God. He says, stay in contact with me. Walk with me, he says. Prayer draws you closer to God. Prayer changes your mind. And I, I want to close with a story because prayer changes your perspective. I heard the story, and I'm not sure where it was in the States, but there was an area in the States that was overrun with wolves, just kind of how their state was, layout, forest, all that kind of stuff. So it became a problem, dangerous and became a problem. So they put this thing out to hunters, come and hunt Wolves, and for every wolf, you'll get wolf, you'll get paid five thousand dollars. So two friends decided because they're hunters, let's go, let's go do this, let's go hunt. And so they packed up everything and they hiked out into the forest a ways and set up their camp for the night. Gonna get a good night's sleep and just rest. They've been trekking all day. Set up their camp, and all of a sudden, when they're asleep, one of them hears some commotion outside the tent. So he grabs his flashlight and he unzips the tent and shines the light out, and he sees all these eyes looking back at him. He's just surrounded by by wolves. Just everything he could see is just wolves. So he wakes up his friend and wakes him up, and his friend's like, what, what's going on? And he goes, look outside, you need to look outside. And he looks outside, his friend sees nothing but wolves and looks back at him, and he looks at him and looks at his friend and says, we're rich. <laughs> you guys laughed a whole lot more than first service. I must have delivered it way better. <laughs> or maybe you are just got a better sense of humor, I don't know. The point is, it's your perspective. Pray in the Spirit. Pray from a spiritual perspective. When you pray, it gets you the mind of Christ. When you pray, it gets you back into that understanding of who you are and where you're seated. When you pray, it gets you back into understanding that you've been blessed with all spiritual blessings. No matter how you feel, no matter what's going on, whatever it is, is in the all, every spiritual blessing. When you pray, you're able to get out the mind of this world and get in to the mind of the spirit where there's life and peace. And that is our spiritual battle. Thanks again for joining us this week. We pray that this message encouraged and inspired you. If you want to find out how you can be a part of Tree of Life, just go to our website, treeoflifechurch.org. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and share it with a friend.